The scripture reading this morning is John 15, verses 9 through 17. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Love one another. You heard that a time or two? Love one another. John records for us here in this farewell discourse, uh, these are Jesus' last words to us. Uh, we're, we're getting up to Easter week, and these are some of his last thoughts, the, some of the most important ones, the ones that he wants us to remember. Love one another. It's not love one another and get over with. It's love one another. It's a process. It's a whole life. And we may have heard it a million times, but I think and I hope today you'll hear it one more. Mark Twain said, it's not the things that I don't understand about the Bible that scare me. It's the things I do understand. So from our scripture today, as the Father loved me, as God loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept God's commandments and abide in God's love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for their friends. We heard a lot of words in there like as and if and just as. We heard that. That my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. And I was thinking, do we have such a hard time with love because it's algebra? One thing is the same as the other. X and Y, love God's love, our life. 
My grandson Isaac was um, a couple of weeks ago accepted into honors math for seventh grade next year. And he's this close to foregoing summer and a month in Florida with grandma to get started on honors math. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if we were all so excited about love and about life that we would forego some of the things that keep us from love, that keep us from each other, that keep us from helping each other and serving each other and obeying Jesus' command. First Corinthians 13, we often hear this chapter. It includes the, uh, all the things that love is, patient and love is kind. First John 4, 8, God is love. So if we do the math, God is patient. God is kind. God bears all things, believes all things, hopes and endures all things. Love never fails. Love never quits. Therefore, God never quits on us. It's just algebra. It's not that hard. John continues in verse 14. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from God, I have made known to you. You are my friends, Jesus says to us. I tell you all I know and all I've heard. This is a story about a mother who is taking her child to kindergarten to enroll them for the first time in school. And she's answering all the teacher's questions, and they get down to family relationships. And so the teacher asks, does he have any older brothers? No. Older sisters? No. Younger brothers? No. Younger sisters? No. Little boy sitting, listening to all this, and he's starting to be a little self-conscious, a little defensive about the whole thing. So he pipes up, but I have friends. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Aristotle, a philosopher from many days ago, said, friendship seems to lie in the loving rather than in being loved. It's in the doing, it's in the action, it's in the process. It's not in the result. Friendship is that active, ongoing process. I had friends in the Boy Scouts, but... 
I haven't seen or heard or spoken to any of them in 45 years. They're not really friends anymore, they're memories. Friendship for us as adults is something that we like to have on an even, equal kind of sharing basis. We want to be best friends, and the only way to be best friends is to be a best friend every day. I can't continue to claim someone who was my friend if I was only involved with them one day two years ago. They are my friends if I involve them every day, if I make plans to involve them tomorrow. Friends are the ties that bind us to this life, to this world. Economic ties, political ties, social ties, spiritual ties. Our ties to each other here at First Baptist Church. Worship and prayer. Singing. Missions. The things that we do as a family. It's soon family reunion season. We'll all go and we'll see that aunt that we haven't seen for a long time and we remember just looking up and reaching up to her and now we see that she's this tall and that's all she's ever been. We see the crazy uncles. We see the cousins who are doing really well. We see the cousins who are struggling. There's weddings, there's funerals, there's new kids, there's so much going on we'll never remember it all. And that's kind of like what gathering together in church on Sunday morning is. Only for us, it's kind of like Groundhog Day. We come, we're here, we say hi, next Sunday we repeat it all. Unless there's some kind of active friendship extension of who we are that says, I'm going to find out their name. I'm going to find out who they are. I'm going to find out what their family is. I'm going to extend myself to them. And you know what? In the course of a year, If we do that every week, meet someone new, one new family every week, we won't need a church directory. It'll all be here. It'll be in our phone already. We'll know how to contact somebody. We'll know how to say, I didn't see them in church today. I think I'll call them this afternoon. That's what ties and friendship and family is about the one. We're called to be one. We're called to be a community. We're called to be a family of God. 
And that's just not once a week sometimes. You are my friends. The section is concluded in uh, chapter 15, verse uh, 16 and 17. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask God in my name, God may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Another. I chose you, I appointed you, not to stay who you are, not to stay as things are now, but to go and to bear fruit, to increase, to multiply, to build deeper relationships with. And there's a lot in this world that should frighten us. Fanaticism, ignorance, poverty. But aren't we done fearing somebody who looks different, someone who dresses different, someone who speaks differently, has a different vocabulary, has a different background? as a different set of life experiences that they bring to this day. Aren't we done with that? Aren't we ready to be here for each other as we are? Instead of worrying about whether or not we'll be called upon to bake somebody a wedding cake, shouldn't we be asking if they're hungry? Shouldn't we be asking if they're homeless, if they're sick, if they're naked? Matthew 25 and verse 36, I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came for me. Brothers and sisters, in the family of God, some of us are hungry and we need to be fed. Some of us are thirsty and we need a drink. And some of us are in various prisons and we need freedom. We need to be set free. John 3.16, a little bit more love for this day, but John 3.16, for God so loved the world that God gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The early church was a small thing. Church was nowhere near this grand. 
church was maybe these two, these two pews gathered in a small home somewhere. See, I even said church there. Gathered in a small home, gathered in a small place, a few people at a time. And then it was easy. You had four names, maybe five to remember. But we grew. We fed each other. We rescued each other. We held each other's hands. And soon there were tons of us. But as more people came, they brought more problems. They brought more messes. They brought more concerns. They brought more experiences. And things started to get messy. And so we made up more rules to control the mess, to control each other. But of course, more rules actually means less control. And what happened was the church ended up eating its young. The church ended up eating and spitting out those who broke the rules, those who transgressed in any kind of way. Because we thought we were growing, we thought we were everywhere, we thought we were for everybody, and we would never fail. Well, we failed just a bit. There are seats here that are empty. If we look around, we can see that there's the slightest possibility that there's almost a whole generation missing from our presence. Whoever, I love that word, it's my favorite word in the whole Bible. Whoever, I'm whoever. I have always been whoever. You are whoever. And you have always been, you will always be, whoever. No one can take that from you. No rule, no body, no group. We have to be ready, though. For all of these empty seats, there are people out in the world who want what we have here and who want to find it. And the one day that they decide they have enough courage to come and try, we have that one chance to succeed. We have that one chance to be welcoming. We have that one chance to feed them. We have that one chance to be there. And God calls on us to be ready each and every time for each and every person. Be ready. Be ready for another child of God to present themselves to this family of God.
Be ready to celebrate. Be ready to support and befriend. Be ready to pray for one another. Jesus says, these things I command you. How many times do we just want to know what to do? Here you go. These things I command you. Abide in my love. Be friends. Go and bear fruit. Pray with and for each other. Don't rush through it. Nobody on their deathbed wishes that they'd stopped and earned an extra hundred bucks. Don't rush through it. Love, period. One, period. Another. Period. In Jesus' name, amen.